There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Nevin Bukonjic and Chiara Toselli. Nevin is an award-winning serial entrepreneur, author, and a strategic advisor, and closest to my heart, he's the... Saint, Sault Ste. Marie Community Leader for Startup Canada. He's got degrees in marketing, computer science, and an MBA, and over 25 years of experience in business, entrepreneurship, finance, marketing, and economic development. He's started eight companies since the age of 12, including retail, web design, computer training, e-commerce, and consulting, and he's counseled hundreds of entrepreneurs and small businesses. Nevin is the author of two books for entrepreneurs and dozens of business articles, and he's currently writing his third book about business ideas for kids and teens. Chiara Toselli is Chief of Staff and Head of Marketing at PaveStep, a B2B SaaS solution that helps organizations develop and align their people with continuous feedback, goal management, and flexible reviews all in one place. Chiara is also a co-founder of Broke App, a marketing solution for the food service industry. She's currently the community leader of Startup Vancouver. Nevin and Chiara, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rick. Great to be here. Thank you. Okay, let's get started. The first question that we ask, and I'm sure that you guys have listened to lots of these and you've dreaded this question. What's the top piece of advice that you hope listeners will take away from our conversation today? Hopefully you both got two really cool ideas. Let's start with you, Nevin. Sure. Um, well, I think what we're talking about today is a lot about building community and supporting entrepreneurs. So uh, my advice is I want every entrepreneur listening to seek out the sources of information and um, community in their in their own cities or towns and make sure you're connecting with with other entrepreneurs, because I think it's really important. Uh, something we've learned from the pandem pandemic, especially uh, 
that we need that support. We need that connection to people. So don't be afraid to ask for help and uh, just communicate and connect with other entrepreneurs. Let me try and drag just a little bit more out of you on, on, on this subject. Um, what's your best example of an entrepreneur that you've met or worked with at Startup Sault Ste. Marie and how they benefited from connecting with their communities? One really good, concise success story. Mm, that's a good question. Um, it's hard to think of just one, to be honest. Um, what we find is that through our events, we meet a lot of entrepreneurs and we, we see a lot of new entrepreneurs coming to our events continuously. So um, I do happen to know um, one entrepreneur who has been involved with Startup Sault Ste. Marie for a number of years. Um, his background is in mining and uh, it's just an individual that constantly has business ideas. So he was really excited to get involved in what we're doing. And actually he, he joined us as a board member earlier this year. So he's even more committed to helping the, our community and build our community. So he's about to launch actually a new venture. Um, and it's, it's tied to podcasts and it's actually an educational uh, startup. So they'll offer podcasts, but it'll be through a course. So you'll get certificates of completion and they've actually gotten um, certified so that you can write off a portion of that cost towards your, your taxes. So he's really taken it to a new level instead of just offering podcasts or um, eBooks opportunities, he's taken it in created this educational institution. So really excited to see how far he's come and uh, excited to have him on board because like I said, he's he's very keen on helping the, the community. And That is really cool. And, and uh, sir, I, I apologize for springing that question on you in case when people wonder if <laughs> these shows are scripted. Um, <laughs> we, we leave the script behind early on as a rule. So I'm sorry for, for, for you know, surprising you with that question, but hey, that's a great example. And it's cool to hear that story unfold from someone who's just watching to someone who has ideas to someone who's really got something interesting and cool going on and starting to contribute back to the community at the same time. Okay, that was a, that was a long first question. Kiara, what do you hope entrepreneurs will take away from our discussion today? Yeah, I hope um, what people take away, I guess the one thing that I want people to take away is, you know, don't ignore the importance of engagement in your team or in your startup community. Engagement influences, you know, people's commitment, their productivity or activity within the community, um, as well as people's satisfaction within their work or happiness within the community. It really affects every aspect of business and your community. And so it's something that's often seen as an afterthought after you get enough members in your startup community, after you build your product, you know, if you're, it's a business, you know, then I'll try and get engagement from employees, but it really should be top of mind from the get go. Kiara, can you tell us, in case there's any listeners here who aren't familiar with the, the network of startup communities across Canada that, that Startup Canada has, has helped to develop, uh, can you just tell us what a startup community is, what it looks like, what it's for? Yeah, so um, the startup community, at least, you know, in Vancouver Startup Community, it's really a way for entrepreneurs within that community um, to connect with each other, um, talk about, you know, the challenges they're facing, um, people brainstorm solutions. Um, we also host a number of events that bring value to our members, um, what they want to see, whether it be how to get funding if you're an early stage startup or how to do marketing. Um, so it's really just a place where 
entrepreneurs at any stage of their startup uh, career can connect with each other. Nevin, take us back to the beginning. I think you're one of the longest serving uh startup community leaders in Sault Ste. Marie. Tell us what it's like to be a startup community leader and what kind of challenges you've had to push through and overcome. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, uh, I think I'm one of the longest running leaders um, going back to 2013, actually, when Startup Canada first opened up the program to new communities. So when I saw that opportunity, it's something I needed personally. I was disconnected from the startup scene and entrepreneurs because I was working for government at the time and actually off on parental leave with my daughter. So I was really isolated and looking to get back in. And so I saw value there for myself, but also for others. So took that opportunity to start the community and we've come a long way. So we started as a group of entrepreneurs putting on these regular events and trying to build a community. And three years ago, we incorporated as a nonprofit. So now I'm actually running an organization as well as hosting events and creating tools and things like that. So it's been a great experience, a lot of work, but uh, I'm very passionate about it. And I try to bring on board members and volunteers who are passionate as well. So, I mean, every day is different. Um, it's, it's sort of like running a company while you're working full time and uh, doing other things. So lots of work to it, but tremendous value that we're bringing, I think. How has the community, sort of the, the non-entrepreneur community, the, all the rest of Sault Ste. Marie um, embraced startup, the Sioux? Um, you know, do they know you're around? Is, is, is It's traditionally, you know, I think a resource-based town and a manufacturing steel town so does it identify does the community are you seeing sort of growing engagement does the community identify with the entrepreneurial ethos um yes and no so as you mentioned we are resource-based we're a small city in northern ontario so a little isolated perhaps um and traditionally you know you go to school you graduate you get a, a job in industry or whatever or you're a youth and you leave for school or things like that or other opportunities. So it's really been a challenge. <clears throat> and I've worked in the entrepreneurship space um, with the province and other entities over the years. And it's it's really a challenge to, I think, change the thinking of parents and the community in terms of promoting entrepreneurship as an opportunity. So that that's something really what we're trying to do along with our partners. Um, and it's not always easy, right? But I think um, to answer your question about other people sort of outside the entrepreneurship realm knowing about us, I think uh, over the past couple of years, we've been doing some other events um, that Startup Canada has sponsored, such as our Women's Success Luncheon and things like that, which aren't necessarily geared to entrepreneurs, but it's about getting those people out and connecting and seeing successes and celebrating those successes and this year, especially after the pandemic, we had our first um, live event again for the Women's uh, Success Luncheon. And it it just blew me away how many people wanted to come. We had to cap it multiple times and get more space. And we literally doubled the size of our capacity. There was so much interest and we heard so many good things afterwards. People telling us this is an amazing event. and 
So with that group alone, we're, we're suddenly reaching others in the community who don't necessarily see themselves as an entrepreneur, but suddenly they're seeing a startup Sault Ste. Marie as this group that is helping to bring the community together to celebrate all sorts of successes. And uh, that was really inspiring to see how far that event came so quickly in a number of years. So we're actually looking to do another uh, women's sort of leadership and success event in the fall. And uh, really excited about that. So I think we're slowly making inroads into the the rest of the business community and leaders in the community seeing what we're doing. Um, but I think for the first years, first few years, it's it's a little tough and you're really focused on those entrepreneurs and others don't really see what's going on. But then at some point they they look back and appreciate what you've done because we've been doing this for eight years. We've done over a hundred events and I like to think we're making a big impact. Sometimes it's hard to measure, but I think we're just slowly showing that there's this supportive network for, for anybody, really entrepreneurs, innovators, anybody who's looking to connect with others to sort of advance their ideas or their businesses or whatever. So really happy about what we've been able to accomplish. Yeah. Well, congrats on a sticking with it for so long and on the successes that, that you know, you're starting to see again. Uh, COVID was a tough time for everybody, but it's so exciting to hear that you had to cap it multiple times. That says so much. Yeah. That's a, that, that, that's a beautiful thing. I had people calling and begging me for, for seats. It was, it was unreal, but, but we managed to do it and uh, had a great event. Could you tell whether people still know how to network? Um, I bet they're rusty. They are. This was in March. <laughs> and so I think the mask mandates were just being lifted and things like that. And people were a little nervous. So we, we made sure to, you know, space out the seats, extra space in the seats and stuff like that. And people weren't quite back to normal networking, but I think they were just so relieved to be at something and to see people and then to hear those excellent speakers and things like that. So I know the next one will be even better. Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, people won't take uh, events for granted anymore. They'll realize, hey, the, you know, <laughs> without events, I'm stuck at home in the in in, in the back bedroom office. So uh, I, I hope they're taking advantage of it. Kiara, Startup Vancouver has been around for a long time. I think, again, it's one of our oldest communities, but it's under new management now. So, so take us through your journey as an entrepreneur and how you came to connect with the Startup Canada and Startup Vancouver. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my journey is a little bit different. I began my career as a scientist. I actually have a PhD in cellular biology. Um, and during my academic experience, I had you know a lot of autonomy in my projects, a lot of space to explore what I wanted to study, constantly problem solving, continuously learning. Um, and my environment was super fast pace. And so as I was nearing the end of my grad studies, there was this just natural pull towards startups and entrepreneurships whose environments are incredibly dynamic. You know, they're in a constant state of experimentation and adaptation. Um, and as an entrepreneur, or if you're in a startup, particularly if it's an early stage startup, um, you're always learning. No two days really look the same. So I was just naturally pulled to the world of entrepreneurship, startup life, and so I began uh, my startup journey at PaveStep, which is an early stage HR tech startup. Um, I started off as a marketing lead and now I'm currently you know, the chief of staff and head of marketing and I've been 
with them for several years. Um, and then I'm also the co-founder of an app called Broke App. Um, and in both cases, um, I was very aware of the problem and I understood the problem that both tech products were trying to solve. Um, and it just became second nature for me to think, well, how do we solve this? Because that's what I did throughout my PhD. You always you encounter a problem um, and you have to overcome it, overcome the obstacle. Um, so it might look like I did, you know, a 180 completely in my career from academia to something that's so far from biology and academia and research. Um, but my journey as an entrepreneur was just a very natural progression. You know, you follow the problem, can't find a solution. Um, and now I'm helping to create a solution, you know, for these issues. Um, and in terms of how I connected with Startup Vancouver, I'm sure people probably know, and Nevin already alluded to this, but, you know, startups and entrepreneurship, it can be a very, very lonely journey. Um, at the beginning, there's a lot of disconnect. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. And so because of that, it's very important to meet people that are in a similar headspace or have gone through similar pains, but are, you know, have come out the other side or they're currently trying to solve it. Um, so to that end, I, I joined the Startup Vancouver community um, and they were looking for a new co-leader. And I thought, you know, I have some experience with startups um, and I think I could definitely provide some value to that community. So that's where I am today. Whoa. I love the idea that you were drawn to entrepreneurship through the idea of constant experimentation. I'm, I'm, I, I love that. Um, that's what the startup process is all about. Um, but it's also about, you know, uncertainty, uncertainty of what you're going to do the next day, uncertainty of where, where the mm -hmm. next couple, the next $10 is, is going exactly. to come from. How does it, how does a scientist adjust to, an entire ecosystem of uncertainty. Uh, I can tell you that my, you know, PhD was full of uncertainty. One day an experiment wor will work, then it doesn't. Sometimes your studies will end up just completely failing. You still have to answer that problem. You just have to find a different solution. Um, and so I experienced that uncertainty day to day. And so it was, I don't want to say natural. It's still a little bit, a little bit scary in the startup life um, when you are faced with that. But I just take it, you know, head on. And and I think scientists are naturally curious, and science is really, I guess, of an apparatus in order to uh, propel curiosity. Um, I just made this up; it could be Nevin's next book. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, the, do you find curiosity is important as an entrepreneur, Kiara? Absolutely. Um, you have to be curious. You have to want to find the solution. I mean, a lot of people when they go into their journey in entrepreneurship, a lot of them aren't even looking to be entrepreneurs. They just see the problem and they think, well, you know, how can I fix that? What can we do about it? And so I think entrepreneurs and people that join early stage startups, they're just naturally, naturally very curious and wanting to find a solution to whatever problem they're trying to solve. Kiara, do you have a plan for Startup Vancouver? What's, what, what's your vision for going forward and creating that community and building the community? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a, a great community already done by our uh, uh, the previous leader, he did a great job. Um, we're looking right now just to engage. I think, you know, during the last two years with, with COVID and the pandemic and lockdowns, there was a lot of disengagement that happened because we were locked down. There wasn't a lot of networking that could be done in person. And, and as already alluded, it's very different to network via Zoom or video chat versus in person. And so right now our focus is just on engaging the community. Um, you know, we're sending emails, we're sending out surveys as well to figure out you know, what do people want to see? We want them to have a say in what type of events or what type of topics that we that we bring to them. Um, so right now we're just 
purely focused on engagement. We're going to be doing some networking events. Um, and then hopefully we'll be able to provide some valuable webinars on topics that people want to learn about that can help them solve, you know, their challenges that they're currently facing. And, and how was the the handoff? I guess Colin Weston was a previous leader. He was there for many, many yes. years. Mm-hmm. Very busy entrepreneur with lots of irons in the fire. Um, so th- th- how did that work? I mean, is is the is there a, a mailing list? Is there um, a a bunch of a whole community of volunteers and and leaders stepping up when you take over a startup community what what assets do you actually get yeah well we definitely still have Colin he's still there as an advisor and he asked um, we ask him a lot of questions so it's great that he's still there um you know when we when there was new management and, and it was announced that um myself and, and the other co-leader um, we're taking on Startup Vancouver, we had a lot of people reach out and they were interested in volunteering. So we actually didn't even have to try and recruit people. People were just naturally drawn and said, hey, you know, we want to help. We want to help with events. You know, we we have some like, great ideas that we think could be valuable to the community. Um, so I guess we were incredibly lucky because we didn't have to do too much on our end. Um, and I think naturally within the startup community, people, you know, people that are entrepreneurs, because it's such a lonely, it can be a lonely journey. I think people are willing to step up and really help the community and help their fellow uh, entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, I think it's no secret that it's hard to run a startup community along the lines of, of Startup Canada's model in a really big city um, because there's so many resources already for entrepreneurs and it's hard to get heard in a city of a million people or more. Um, so, so, so how have you found it so far? How do you deal with the, the big city surplus of blessings problem? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we still have a, a, a great, you know, a great community. I think there are a lot of resources, but we don't really, you know, we don't see us see ourselves competing with these resources. And if anything, um, we are trying to work in tandem with some of the other startup um, communities that are out there that are not necessarily affiliated with Startup Canada. Um, but it's not a competition. Like, I mean, the more resources that entrepreneurs and startups have, the better for them and the better for us. So we're working in tandem with various organizations versus, you know, trying to compete with them or trying to get, you know, a certain certain amount of the market or a certain amount of people in Vancouver. I think that when we work together, we can um, do a lot more. Well, as you were talking, I had a flashback to 2012 and the original Startup Canada cross-country tour that I went to about four different provinces, maybe five, uh, with uh, the two founders, Victoria and Cyprian. And we visited, they visited, I think, 39 communities over the, the, over the course of the year on several different tours. Um, and what we found every, every, in all the cities that I went to, what we found was so many wonderful people, so many great organizations doing really important work, valuable work. Um, but they didn't know each other and they weren't connected and none of them have the budgets to properly promote themselves. They're, they're, they're busy doing the work, but they don't have that extra capacity that allows them to really promote and recruit new clients and, 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 and partners and allies. And so the, so the ecosystems were busy, but broken, um, does that ring a bell with you at all? Is, has anything changed in, in, in a decade? Yeah, there's still, I mean, there's still, you know, isolated pockets that we're trying to, you know, go ahead and, and reach out to. Um, it does, it does ring a bell. Like I said, I'm, I'm fairly new. Um, so we're still trying to 
work around the landscape and get a better idea. Um, but yeah, it, it does ring a bell. Nevin, how, how what what have you found over the years? Maybe you maybe you have some advice for Kiara. To, maybe you could tell us one thing that really really worked over the years and one thing that didn't work at all in building that community. Yeah, well, um, as you mentioned, uh, it's a little harder, I think, in a larger city like Vancouver because there's so much going on and and things like that. In Sault Ste. Marie with a population of 75,000, you know, right from the get-go, we partnered with the service providers who are already providing those services to startups and entrepreneurs. Um, and they're typically government funded to do that. Um, but what we've done from the beginning is, is different from what they do. We fill the gaps, we do innovative things, fun things. Um, you know, we're not just, uh, checking off a list of, okay, we have to offer four seminars this year. We have to do this or that. We do things that we think will first connect our entrepreneurs on a regular basis. That's really important. Um, that they have that sense of community, that sense of support, I think. So we try to do things regularly, whether it's drinks or a book club or uh, just meetups or mentorship events, things like that. And we, we mix in there, you know, seminars and learning opportunities as well. Um, and for the most part, um, it's worked really well. Something that didn't work tremendously well, I think, or maybe was worth the effort was uh, the book club. We tried it, we've tried it a few times. Um, it's had its starts and stops. And just the challenge there is <clears throat> you're committing resources to reading the book and then hosting entrepreneurs. And sometimes we'd get six or seven people, sometimes we'd get two. So it was sort of hit and miss. But one of those things that people were were interested in because it sort of they wanted to talk about what they're learning from these books and then applying it to themselves. So we just try different things. I think that's what's important. You do find that core activities like the drinks and um, maybe your mentorship meetups and stuff like that really draw a consistent crowd. And then there's some events that are a little bit of a flop and that's okay because you're trying different things and you're really just motivated to connect people. So sometimes things don't work out as planned and you just move on. But our partners aren't doing anything like we are and they definitely don't do regular programming. So we're really filling that gap and I think we've come a long way. Fantastic. Do you, have you learned anything from the, the, the whole operating through COVID period that, that you think will help going forward? Like, did you learn, maybe there are some types of events or projects that are best suited to online um did have you found that do you think that uh, you'll have sort of that hybrid approach going forward no actually we found the opposite no so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what we found Excellent. immediately and i'm sure it's common everywhere was everyone from your your city to your other uh, partners and things, everyone was doubling down on online virtual activities, training, learning, stuff like that. And people were just bombarded. Like you're not only working from home virtually, but now you have to attend every event virtually. And I just don't think they were as effective. Um, we did do a few 
including uh, our Women's Success Luncheon, even though it was virtual. We had great speakers and a great turnout, but you just don't see that engagement. It's just not the same as you can imagine. And so we really found that we actually stepped back as an organization because we didn't feel we could really offer truly um, the community building piece. Um, although we did do a few virtual things to try to keep our community intact, but we really learned that we need to be, we're an in-person organization. Everything we do is about meeting in person for the most part. So although we could modify what we were doing somewhat, it just wasn't truly as effective. So hoping never to uh, <laughs> face another <laughs> pandemic again, because it certainly didn't help anybody. Absolutely. Kiara, they say that when you want something done, you have to give it to a busy person. And you're obviously a busy person with your work at PaveStep. And you're also the co-founder at Broke. Tell us a little bit about a couple of these, about these side hustles. I know they're not side hustles, or at least the PaveStep probably isn't. But, but tell me just a little bit about each of them. Yeah, so, well, PaveStep, I guess, is you know, my main, main, main job. Um, I have a lot of flexibility. I actually work at home and my employer's great. And so, um, you know, with work from home, you have, you have more, I mean, you have more flexibility just in general. I don't have to worry about commuting. I basically roll out of bed and then boom, here I'm at my computer. And so um, that's been really great because it has allowed me to have a lot of, I guess, spare time, you know, instead of two hours commuting, I have two hours to start thinking about other things with, with other businesses. And in, in terms of BroCap, it was just, um, it, I never wanted to have a side, I guess, a side hustle, but um, we just noticed a huge gap within um, the restaurant industry. And it was just like, there is no cheap marketing solutions for the restaurant industry. When you think about them trying to promote, for example, their daily deals or happy hours, how do they do that? They have a chalkboard outside <laughs> trying to get people, right? I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. that's how they and, do and it. it. And anyone within eight feet of the restaurant knows about exactly. it. Exactly. Right. And so we're just thinking like, there has to be a, another way. And like, why has there been no software solution or app that, that has actually allowed these restaurants to go ahead and, and market that, market that. And, um, you know, I have great co-founders, great developers, and we just all came together and we're like, you know what, Let, let's do this. Let, let's just go ahead and try. And so it wasn't something that I was trying to find. I think a lot of people think, you know, they say, I want to be an entrepreneur, but they're trying to figure out a problem. For me, it was just like, oh, here is a problem. Like, let's create a solution. Um, and then boom, I guess, you know, a side hustle um, was created, but I'm very lucky with my current job. I, I work from home, so I have a lot of flexibility. I have that time for a side hustle. So what's the state of Broke App now? How, how, what kind of traction, how long you've been at it? What kind of traction do you have? So everyone, no one's working on it, I guess, full time. We all have our own jobs, so we're doing it on the side. Um, we're currently in beta testing. Um, so we're doing some uh, tweaks to the to the product right now. We have some partners that are looking at it. They love it. So we want to make the product not buggy at all before we end up releasing it to the public. Um, we're, we're hoping within Vancouver it will be by the end of August that we'll that we'll launch it and then hopefully to other Canadian cities by 2023. That's really cool. And just give us an idea how it works. It's an app and it tells me when some restaurant near me has a has a two for one spaghetti. Yeah, well, sort of. Think of it as like Yelp meets Groupon. Um, and that's sort of the child that that is broke app. It's just anyone that wants to go ahead and say, hey, I want to have, you know, I want to have a happy hour. What's the happy hours for Wednesday? All they have to do is is go on the map and they'll see all of everyone that's doing the happy hour for that for that time. So it makes it very easy for the consumer to be like, oh, that's where I want to go. And it makes it very easy for the restaurant 
to go ahead and just market that in one place and they can get rid of the chalkboards that try and draw that traffic in because that only has limited visibility. Surely it's app and chalkboard, not app, no chalkboard. Uh, you know what? I, the chalkboard, there might be, there's something to it. People always do it. So there has to be some value in it. Um, so maybe it's, it's a approach of both. <laughs> and tell me what kind of, you know, feedback you're getting from the industry. They love it. I mean, even before we ended up creating the product, we did some market research and we wanted to talk to restaurants to figure out if there was a problem. We didn't want to go ahead and start putting all of our time into this, which what we thought would be a great solution, but maybe the restaurants, for example, didn't want it. And so we actually spent a lot of time um, talking to managers, figuring out what they want, what they envision um, in terms of functionality for the product. And we incorporated all of that feedback into our product design. And what kind of parallels are you finding between developing an app, a technology product, and developing a community organization like Startup Vancouver? Are you learning things that help each other? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I guess in both cases, it's sort of, you know, you're just hustling to get people engaged. You're trying to figure out, I guess, you know, in both cases, it is sort of a marketing, um, you know, there's a marketing aspect to it in terms of the community. You're trying to market to people to try and join your community. You're trying to make it attractive. Um, and then in terms of, you know, BroCap, we're trying to market to people to get customers and then potentially, you know, af after that, get consumers, you know, people that are going to head in. Uh, use the app. And so um, there is some overlap. I guess the biggest thing is just, you know, hard work and, you know, not giving up and, and trying to engage everyone um, in both cases. Nevin, you're writing about entrepreneurship and you're writing about entrepreneurship for kids, uh, raising our kids to be entrepreneurs. What, what could be more important than that? Um, so tell us about the story that inspired raising our kids to be entrepreneurs and your daughter's business, Hannah's Summer Treats. Sure, sure. Well, I have written two books and during the process, it sort of forced me to look back at my own life and realize, hey, I was an entrepreneur when I was 12 and growing up as an entrepreneur, but I didn't really realize it until I was an adult and I got in this field. So I, I sort of can't help think that if somebody had told me I was an entrepreneur or explained it to me at the time, maybe I would have sought out more business opportunities. I don't know. But now that I have a daughter, I'm sort of trying to instill in her the ability to see these opportunities and, you know, seize the ones that are right for her. Um, so it goes back to when she was five years old and she's eight now. Um, we started to teach her a little bit about money and give her an allowance. And as you can imagine, it didn't mean a thing to her until she found out she could buy Barbies. <laughs> so the more money she had, the more dolls. So instantly that clicked and she was interested in making more money. So we just started with a simple lemonade stand and that morphed into Hannah's summer treats. So through her own interest, she added ice cream and frozen treats to the menu because she realized she could make 10 times her allowance in one afternoon, you know. So she started to really get interested in business, even though she was only five. Um, and since then, she's created her own YouTube channel. She's done some really cool stuff. So I just try to encourage her to do cool things. And if she needs my help. I, I'm willing to help there, um, such as 
being the videographer for her YouTube channel, things like that. So it's been an awesome experience. Um, but I also think it's super important, even at that age, to start thinking like an entrepreneur because they're learning to be creative. You know, they're learning a bit about the business concepts, but not too much. It's more about being creative, seeing opportunities, you know, learning to promote themselves or their business. I think that's really important, but especially what I've seen is, is the confidence my daughter has gained over the years. Uh, I can remember back to that first year, you know, a customer would walk up to her stand and she would hide behind us. She wouldn't say a <laughs> word. She was terrified. But every year since then, she's gotten a little braver and now she's totally out of her shell. So I can see what it's, what it's helping her to achieve. So it's really been cool to watch. But um, that is the I best story get... ever. That is beautiful. <laughs> it's been amazing. And last summer, um, she came back after COVID and was running her stand again for the first time in a, a year or two. And something amazing happened. So as you know, I'm a writer. I like to say I'm a writer like you. And uh, I wrote an article for Shopify. And it was called how to raise entrepreneurial kids because i really do believe in this in the value that it gives gives our kids so i wrote the article for their shopify blog and in it i had a little bit about my daughter and they were like right away they were like okay we want to know more about your daughter forget all this other stuff <laughs> <laughs> so i actually ended up you know doubling the size of the article and it was really tremendous and at the same time, it just happened to be the right time. They were like, this hits really home with us. We're in the middle of launching our business startup kit for kids. And we want to piggyback on your article. And then the next thing, so I was like, of course, great. This is awesome. They sent us a kit. We did a, an unboxing on her YouTube channel and things like that. And then the, the next thing you know, they're calling me, um, Toronto Star wants to interview Hannah. Is that okay? Sure. Um, Breakfast Television would like to have her on live no with the president of Shopify. No. Is that okay? Yes, that's okay. So Hannah and I were on TV with with Harley Finkelstein, and it was it was just incredible. And I mean, she's seven years old, and all of this is happening. So it was just a huge opportunity for both of us, but a huge learning opportunity for Hannah to see what is possible here just from pursuing my interests and you know what I mean? Pursuing these opportunities, amazing things can happen. So it was just tremendous. I love that. Taking that step out the door, talking, you know, having the confidence to talk to that one extra person, it can change your life. And what a great example. It really can. Uh, that That is for Hannah. But where does Hannah stand on the chalkboard versus app debate? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still at the chalkboard stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. But we do, we obviously uh, leverage social media and it's mostly me. She's, uh, she's on YouTube, but not really on other social media yet. So it's mostly me promoting, but definitely we have a YouTube or sorry, a Facebook page. And uh, we promote when she's out there because it's not a full time gig. Obviously we pick and choose the days in the summer based on weather and things like that. So it's really helpful for us to use the social tools to uh, promote when she's going to be in business. Fantastic. 
Kiara, when I think of the scientists I know, a lot of them are a little bit shy. You don't sound shy. Has entre- Have you found entrepreneurship to be an interesting way of sort of growing as a person or are you, were you already fully formed? You know, that's interesting. I'm very uh, interested that you said I'm not shy. I actually am a very introverted person and I do come off um, as being quiet. I guess entrepreneurship has definitely opened that up. One thing I really resonated with Nevin, when you said the first time your daughter was doing the lemonade stand, Mm -hmm. she was terrified. And I really resonated with that because it is very terrifying. (laughs) Um, but I, I think that, you know, at one point I really just truly believe, um, in the companies that I work for in the, the solutions that we provide. And, um, with that, I want to be vocal. I want people to know about it. And so I think if you really believe in in your solution and, and your mission, um, that you're trying to achieve it, it's, it's easy to overcome that shyness or that, you know, being an introvert. Yeah. Um, the reason that I became, uh, as, as Nevin mentioned, my background is a writer. I've been a business writer for 30 years and, uh, I immediately gravitated to entrepreneurship and the innovation space because that's where the newest stuff is. That's where, you know, so much news is happening. But the other thing that attracted me was just how entrepreneurship can change a person's life, how it, how, how it draws things out of you that you didn't know were there. It forces you to step up and sometimes be someone that you might not otherwise have been. And so, so I call it, I I say that entrepreneurship is an amazing uh, source for community economic development, which we've talked about today and personal development. I mean, it, it, it it checks both those boxes that are, that, that are so important. And, you know, that's the work both of you are doing in startup, in your startup communities. Does that resonate? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like you said, I think with entrepreneurship, you just get used to being very uncomfortable. And I used to hate that. And now I'm just like, when I'm not uncomfortable, it's like, I know that I'm not learning. I know that I'm not going to get anywhere. You have to get out of your comfort zone in order to, to build something and be, and be creative. So yeah, that definitely resonated. Yeah. And my background is also economic development. So I've worked at the provincial, federal now and municipal level. <clears throat> and I mean, those really successful entrepreneurs and we're, we're trying to highlight them. We have a new series through Startup Sue called Startup Talks that we actually started a few years ago, but we've just uh, relaunched it with a, a local um, Northern Credit Union, a local partner here. And what we want to do there is bring out these really successful entrepreneurs from the community. A lot of them are really unknown and don't want the spotlight, don't talk about their success. And we really want to showcase how they got to where they are challenges they overcame, successes they've had, and and really provide some honest advice. Um, Because it's those entrepreneurs that you see, they've got four, five, six businesses. They're all successful. So they're serial entrepreneurs who, again, are just seeing these opportunities. And I think it's so important to support our entrepreneurial community so that we can find these entrepreneurs and help them to launch multiple businesses and and really build our community. I mean, small business, we all know is the key to every community in terms of job creation and, uh, you know, supporting our way of life. So it's, it's very important to keep those startups happening and keep those entrepreneurs being creative and launching even new ventures. So very important to every community. Sounds like you're still excited about this work, Nevin. 
I am. I'm really passionate about it. And I've worked for government for so long that this has always been sort of the fun thing I get to think about or do after work. Um, and those lines have been blurred a lot because of COVID because I've been working in my home office for two years. So it's been actually a little harder to change, to switch those gears because I'm working in the same office for, you know, my day job and, and doing startup stuff. So it's, it's been a little tough, but I'm just so passionate about helping entrepreneurs and it's really what entrepreneurship gets me excited personally, because I'm always thinking of opportunities and, you know, those eight businesses I've started, I think seven have been side hustles. So I've always had the full-time job, but the fun part is to go after that opportunity. So it's really worked out well for me. Kiara and Nevin, you guys are doing such important work uh, of community development, economic development, personal development uh, in building startup communities. Thank you for the work you're doing in Sault Ste. Marie and in Vancouver. Before we say goodbye, does each of you maybe have a final tip or some words of wisdom when it comes to building communities, building businesses uh, that can that, that our entrepreneurs, that our listeners can can hear and apply today? Sure. Um, I guess the one thing that I would just keep in mind is that, you know, markets change, people change, community ecosystems will change as well. And you just have to be adaptable as an entrepreneur. You have to constantly get feedback from your community, your business, your customers, whatever it is, and then take the appropriate actions from that feedback to, you know, engage and, and nurture your team and members or your community members in order to make those impactful business decisions. So be adaptable. That's the one final word of wisdom I would I would give. Absolutely. And Nevin? Yeah, I'll just, I think, reiterate the idea that I want every entrepreneur listening to go out and find your local community, because I think as entrepreneurs, we benefit tremendously from talking to other entrepreneurs and telling them about our, their, our ideas and hearing their ideas and just having that vibrant sort of conversation, I know leads to more success. So find your community, find your entrepreneurs and get involved either as a volunteer or just as an entrepreneur, I think you're going to, you're going to add more value than maybe you take. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about startup communities. We're there to add value and help others. And then if we get something in return, that's a bonus. Fantastic. And I think that's, I mean, entrepreneurs, we're in the business of adding value. No one's going to pay us unless we show up on that sidewalk with our glass of lemonade or create an app that people want to use. So yeah, it's all about adding value. And this is a world where we need to add value wherever we can in our personal lives, our volunteer lives, uh, nonprofit space, government, whatever it is, we all have to uh, make these contributions. So thank you for the contributions you both are making. Nevin Bukonjic, entrepreneur and author and the founder of Startup Sue, and Kiara Toselli, Chief of Staff and Head of Marketing at PaveStep and part of the new leadership team at Startup Vancouver. Thank you so much. And hey, stay uncomfortable, guys. Thanks a lot, Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.